the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's the Halloween edition of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. And you know what? The cliche would be to play Halloween music during this show, but I'm not going to do that. I mean, come on. Enough already. How many times can you hear Monster Mash and all that other stuff? So let's kick it off with a little Motley Crue and same old situation. You know, I was never the biggest Motley Crue fan. Uh, in the world. And uh, we've got news and notes to get to. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, of course, Alexa Ready, iHeart, Odyssey, Hopped Up Network, go to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. You can check out all the great craft beer casts that are on that website whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella, co-creators of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. They will join me. Early voting has, um, or early entries have stopped, but you can still get your stuff in for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Um, the date doesn't close until January. I think it's early January or something like that, but we get into it with Jackie and Jim uh, coming up in about 20 minutes. A great discussion. Love talking with those guys. A uh, lot of fun with the folks from the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Uh, so, as I was saying, never the biggest Motley Crue fan uh, in the world. Um, got a chance to see Vince Neil. Uh, I've never actually seen. I've never actually. So I never actually saw Motley Crue, the band itself, in concert. But Vince Neil, I did. He opened for Van Halen back in the mid '90s, Jones Beach. Funny. Uh, uh, it was a great show because I was with great people, but. And the funny part that I remember about that show is Vince Neil had Steve Stevens, Billy Idol's longtime guitarist, playing guitar for him. And Steve, in the middle of the show, does this, you know, this solo. You know, and fans are kind of just meandering and kind of, you know, not really into the whole solo thing, let's just say. And Vince gets visibly upset by this. Walks out on the stage in the middle of the solo and yells at the crowd. Like, hey, man, this is Steve bleeping Stevens. Like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And Steve Stevens, fantastic guitarist in his own right. And somebody in the front row is very quiet. <laughs> and somebody in the front row turns around and says, Eddie Van Halen's backstage, jerk off. And the whole place just erupts in laughter. And Vince is kind of like, he's stunned and kind of like slinks off the stage, which is true. Look. 
the greatest guitarist of all time in, in classic rock heavy metal uh, is backstage. Like, pipe down and shut up. Like, we're waiting for him, not for not for Steve. No offense to Steve. It was very funny. I think I was in my mid-20s when I went to see that show. Very, very funny. I'll never forget that moment. Anyway, I digress. Motley Crue was a lot of fun. Uh, fun band. I don't know about, you know, being epic or whatever. Um, but I remember listening to them a lot at George Curatolo. I think used to play them a lot. Big fan of it. Big fan of theirs. I think. Pretty sure. I was at a party down in New York Beach one time. There was a lot of Motley Crue playing. I think. Seem to recall that somewhere eighth grade, maybe freshman year of high school. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, let us dive into some beer news, shall we? Margaret Delulo will soon turn 107 years old. Says she has one beer every day. I guess that's her secret for long life. To celebrate her upcoming 107th birthday, Yingling delivered her an early present. A present uh, about a week and a half ago of almost 500 cans of its traditional lager to her spring township home in Pennsylvania. DeLulo credits her long life to drinking one beer a day. Debbie Yingling is the brewery's employee engagement and culture manager and says customers like DeLulo are why they make beer. Pretty cool. A beer a day, huh? Hmm. All right. Maybe I have to follow that advice. Sun King uh, Brewing out of uh, Indianapolis, Indiana has returned to unique limited release. It did with the addition of Indiana-grown Reels Select Popcorn. It's the uh, Sun King Popcorn Pilsner. It's a crisp and clean 5.1% ABV German-style lager. Dry finish, a little bit of hop, keeping things interesting. A portion of the proceeds for this one-of-a-kind Pilsner benefits the Athenum Foundation, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to preserving and enhancing a one-of-a-kind historic German-American landmark in Indianapolis, Indiana. So kudos to the folks from Sun King Brewing on that one. And Flying Dog Brewing has put out... Uh, what they, they're calling a triple dog. It's a massive 18.6% ABV triple IB, uh, IPA that is, as they say, dangerously drinkable in spite of its high alcohol content. Boy, I'll tell you, at 18.6, one and done. Um, I'm I, I going to see if this is out there. If it's out there and I see it in the stores, I will certainly pick it up. Um, but it's one of those things that I will you definitely... Um, will try uh, probably once. I don't know if I would go back again, 18.6, for a triple IPA. That's a lot. I'm sure it is super, super bitter. Um, Stone Brewing and Newsy. Uh, Newsy is a leading co-packing company for single-serve coffee formats. Coffee. Boy, the Staten Island dropped in there, didn't it? Uh, pleased to announce its first craft brewery partnership with Stone. Uh, they uh, partnered... Uh, the uh, for Zocavesa Tres Leches, which is now available at all Stone Brewing tap rooms and bistros nationwide. Um, you can also enjoy the coffee as well. Um, a twelve ounce ground coffee, uh, Stone Zocavesa Tres Leches, available at all Stone tap rooms and bistros nationwide for twelve dollars. Additionally, the uh, Tres Leches craft beer available in twelve ounce six packs, can- six six pack cans. Easy for me to say, or giftable. 22-ounce bottles. Uh, Findstonebrewing.com, of course, more information on Stone Beer, stonebrewing.com. Or to learn how to work with Newsy, you can go to mynewsy.com. Very cool. Uh, saw this uh, last week. Listen, I like the Zocavesa, but Zocavesa Tres Leches, this has got to be really good. Coffee, chocolate, cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla, and pahia peppers. Uh, that sounds de 
delicious. I cannot wait to dive into that. And uh, Deschutes closing its East Coast tap room uh, in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, they say they're not renewing the lease. Uh, they will cease operations at the end of the year. Uh, of course, Deschutes, uh, they announced this back on October 20th. Now, in 2016, they had committed to opening an East Coast brewery in Roanoke, um, but it was a project the company eventually pulled out of. Uh, they ran a downtown tasting room that apparently they say has fallen victim uh, to COVID-19 and the effects, the economic impact of COVID-19. This is the uh, statement from them. After four years of operating our Roanoke, Virginia tasting room, Deschutes has made the tough decision not to renew our lease. We'll cease operations at the end of the year. We have all seen the global pandemic significantly reduce traffic in all restaurants, pubs, and tasting rooms. The Roanoke tasting room is no exception. As we prepare for closing, we plan to honor company commitments, treat all employees equitable, and step forward with care and attention on how this impacts the Roanoke community and our dedicated co-owners who have managed this location over the past four-plus years, we are working with each team member on opportunities to continue with Deschutes in a new capacity. Uh, it's interesting. I'm wondering, uh, you know, they're saying it's an economic downturn from COVID-19, but I'm wondering if it's more of um, people just not into the bigger macro craft beers. And I, I use macro loosely, but, uh, you know, I'm wondering if the bigger companies like Founders, like Stone, like Flying Dog, um, like Lagunitas, um, these breweries that are much bigger in scope, you know, Founders is in all 50 states. Stone is, is, is everywhere. You know, a lot of these bigger breweries, I'm wondering if they're having a hard time attracting people in their satellite operations. I'm not talking about the shoots in Oregon itself. But I'm talking about in a place like Virginia where there are a lot of other options to go to of local craft beer as opposed to a quote-unquote national brand, right? So I'm wondering if that, if that is the issue because, look, we've seen a lot of breweries uh, expand over the last five years. We've seen a, a, a glut of breweries. We thought that COVID was going to be this economic downturn where you were going to have issues you know, with people closing. But it turns out that's not the case. It turns out that many of these places are thriving. We've seen a handful that have closed. But for the most part, those that shifted quickly during the pandemic and were able to get their beer out of the kegs, into cans, into bottles, get them to consumers, um, they were able to thrive and survive. So I'm wondering if that's the issue. And we've seen breweries open during a pandemic. South 40 Brewing in Edison just celebrated their year anniversary. They opened during the middle of the pandemic. And yet they've thrived. So, you know, Wild East opened during the pandemic in Brooklyn. They celebrated with a big anniversary party. They, didn't, they couldn't even have an opening. Neither could South 40. It was basically selling beer out of, the, out of the back of the store, you know, essentially. So I wonder if that's the case. I wonder if it's just people saying, you know what? I'm not going to support the big boys. They can survive on their own. I'm going to go support the little guy and the little local craft brewer. You know, maybe only, you know, brews a couple of, you know, hundred barrels or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. Um, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. And then later on, Jim McCune, Jackie DiBella, co-creators of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards will join me. And, of course, Suds and Duds. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Yeah. 
yeah, did I have a good time on Monday night, last Monday night at Irving Plaza. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, with the record company and J.J. Wild. Boy, let me tell you something. That was an amazing, amazing show. Uh, I am so happy that I got to go uh, with my best friend, uh, Mark. We had such a blast. We got these... uh, Special, like, upgraded seats that I purchased. Not seats. It's all standing room only. But basically, it was a balcony overlooking uh, the stage. And, oh, my goodness, what an amazing time uh, that we had. They've redone Irving Plaza. Live Nation uh, spent a bunch of money during the pandemic when it was shut down and uh, redid everything. Phenomenal. Uh, The record company is awesome. I can't believe it has taken me this long to see these guys uh, live in concert. It was amazing. And the opening act, J.J. Wild, boy, that woman can sing. Think Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. That's the vibe I got. She was tremendous. Her band was great. Uh, it was a fun night. Had a really good time uh, in Manhattan. It's just nice to see that things are getting uh, back to normal for the most part. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella, co-creators of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, will join me. Again, that'll happen just about 10 minutes from now. I want to repeat something or a couple of things uh, from last week's program. Uh, we've got this great um, event that's coming up in December. Uh, you join me, the Bolero folks. It's Friday night, December 10th. We're going to get set for the Army-Navy game at MetLife Stadium, which will be happening on Saturday the 11th. We're going to do a live broadcast of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast from 8 to 9 p.m. at Bolero Snort Brewery. It's located 316 20th Street in Crosstat, New Jersey. Portions of the program, of course, brought to you by Bolero Snort. Uh, it'll be rebroadcast in its usual Sunday night slot at 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, probably going to have Rich DeMarco from Army Football previewing the game. I think we're going to be releasing the collab stout that we're putting together with Source that day. And Source and Bolero, we're doing a collab together. A few surprises, too. Now, if you come to the event, you have to come to the event, you do have a chance to win a pair of Army-Navy tickets for the Saturday, December 11th game at MetLife Stadium. I mean, if you're there, I don't know how we're going to do it. I think more than likely we're going to put names in a hat. We're going to draw We're going to draw a name uh, of the people that are there and then... You know, you win the tickets. I'm going to try and keep it very simple. Uh, but you have to be there for the whole hour. Uh, when you walk in, you'll probably put your name on a piece of paper. We'll throw it in a, in a bucket. We'll mix them around. We'll have somebody choose the winner. And that person, whoever is picked, gets a pair of tickets to go see the game the next day. Also, we're encouraging everyone that shows up that night, bring a new unwrapped toy. We're donating to the Hackensack Fire Department and the Youth Consultation Services of Hackensack. Uh, they're going to be delivering the toys to kids for Christmas time. That's part of the reason why we're doing this collab to give back. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, that happens on, Fr- on Friday, December 10th at Bolero Snort, 316 20th Street, Carlstadt, New Jersey. Uh, we're also doing a, a collab between Source and Screaming Hell. That should be coming out in the next two and a half weeks or so. It's a Dunkel style of beer. Fresh heirloom corn from Source, many of the other ingredients coming from Screaming Hill. And next weekend, next Saturday, if you want to help raise money for a great cause and you've got three friends that can walk 42 feet, that's it, 42 feet, sign up for the relay race on November 6th, Saturday, November 6th. All athletes receive a T-shirt, glass, and a magnet. The race starts at 11 a.m. If you want to be a spectator and cheer on your favorite competitors, that's cool. They're going to open the taps early at Screaming Hill on race day for those race fans. The Allentown Fire Truck Museum is also going to be on site with some really cool antique fire trucks. Get your names in to Greg, G-R-E-G-G, at Screamin, S-C-R-E-A-M-I-N, Hill.com, with your team roster and T-shirt sizes. 
Visit the website for more details, ScreamingHill.com slash The Back Road Ramble. Coming off the momentum of earning two medals, a silver medal in the mixed culture uh, Brett Beer category uh, for Beer uh, Ovale, uh, and a gold medal for Inner Light in the Australian Pale Ale category at the 2021 Great American Beer Festival competition, our mutual friend Brewing. They're going to release four new beers next month. The upcoming lineup of beers include a West Coast-style India Pale Ale, uh, uh, among a, a number of different things. So uh, at 7.5% ABV, Stacked Universe. It's a West Coast-style IPA, brewed with Colorado Malts, El Dorado, Mosaic, Citra, and Idaho 7 Hops. Uh, that is coming out November 4th, four-pack, 16-ounce cans. You can also enjoy, if you're an IPA lover, the Hop Excavator. It's a juicy IPA brewed with Nelson Savan, Azaka, Strata, and El Dorado Hops. That's an 8.1% ABV. That's going to be available November 4th as well. Um also available November 4th, Modern Meltdown. It's a 5% ABV, sessionable chocolate-forward mocha stout, brewed with Colorado-based malts, aged with uh, cacao nibs uh, from uh, TCHO. It's a well-balanced stout, packed full of flavor without going overboard. Those are four-pack of 16-ounce cans, again, as I said, November 4th in their tap room in Colorado. And then they've teamed up with Cart Driver. OMF created a Cezanne with ingredients that pair well with a pizza and oysters. So it's a Belgian Saison mild est- uh, estuary with notes of basil and strawberry. Sounds interesting. 5.7% ABV draft only uh, collaboration beer. It'll be available for dual release at Cork Driver and OMF on November 12th. Two Roads Brewing teaming up with Yukon Athletics to launch Tucon Easy Ale. Now, I heard about this from uh, my buddy Rob Dibble, who does a sports talk show, 97.9. Uh, ESPN over in Hartford, Connecticut, and they were telling me they're going to get me a couple of cans of this uh, because they're pairing up with all of UConn Athletics uh, to make this beer to kind of celebrate. So UConn Director of Athletics David Benedict says we're excited to partner with Two Roads in a collaboration of iconic Connecticut brands. Um, It's a golden ale-inspired crisp and clean with a touch of sweetness and a kiss of hops for balance. We recognize not every UConn fan is an IPA fanatic, with Tucon EZL, we've crafted something that is appealing to both craft and non-craft beer drinkers alike. In short, it's a real crowd pleaser. It is uh, available on draft, um, or you can find it, I believe, yeah, 12 ounce, 12 packs, also 16 ounce, 4 packs. You can get it anywhere uh, available throughout New England in liquor and grocery stores. But, of course, it'll be available at any of the places where Yukon is playing. Uh, they'll have it either on tap or they'll have it on can, which is very cool. Now, the Tap New York Craft Beer and Food Festival, which used to be, for many years, used to be at Hunter Mountain, had been canceled the last two years because of the pandemic. Um, It was supposed to be this year. They canceled it. It was supposed to be last year. Obviously, they canceled it. But they've announced now Tap New York 2022 is on. Uh, It'll be May 21st and 22nd, 2022, and they will be having it at Bethel Woods Center of the Arts. Uh, They'll give more details uh, soon. It is the longest-running Largest craft beer and food festival in New York State. Uh, a, a number of people were disappointed by this, but they said Hunter Mountain was an amazing partner for many years. We understand it'll be a disappointment for some. Hunter Mountain had changed owners. The new management has chosen to move away from events, which forced Tap New York to seek a, a new home. They believe they found an outstanding venue and partner at Bethel Woods, and they are excited to invite you to join them in May. Now, look, I've been to Bethel Woods, great place to see a show. It, I'm sure it is equally uh, a great place 
to do beer and food. It's one price. You get food and beer is included. Um, they have an enormous pavilion that you can walk through. So I'm sure it is going to be a great setup. And then you overlook this beautiful, what used to be farmland, of a historic place that where Woodstock took place in Bethel back in 1969. I think this is great. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to it because I'm pretty sure that's the same weekend that my friend Allison does her beer, bacon, barbecue um, extravaganza, and I'm a judge at that event. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to make this, but we will see. It is two days. It's Saturday and Sunday. Maybe take a flyer and do the Sunday and take the Monday off. We'll see. Our friends from Victory Brewing have finally opened their brew pub down in Philadelphia. So um, they've opened at 1776 Ben Franklin Parkway. Get the reference. Uh, it's a top-to-bottom redo of a TGI Fridays that had sat in that spot since 1990. A 14,000-square-foot space done up in industrial concrete. Expansive indoor seating on two levels of roof deck with an outdoor bar. Overlooks the parkway from City Hall to the Cathedral Basilica of, of um, Peter and Paul. Uh, 330 seats, seven-barrel brewing system, one scratch menu, uh, two indoor bars, one outdoor bar, one gift shop. They're pouring uh, Southern Tier, six-point, Bold Rock Hard Cider, of course, plus spirits from Southern Tier Distilling, as well as Victory's Own Beer. Uh, The deal was announced two years ago, but obviously the pandemic got in the way. And here's something interesting. Construction took longer than anticipated because a swimming pool that had been covered up by flooring during the making of the Fridays more than 30 years ago had to be removed. There was a swimming pool. Uh, I have to ask Bill Kovalevsky. Maybe there was a thought of keeping that swimming pool, but... I digress. We've got to get Bill back on the show very soon. They're open Monday to Thursday, 4 to 10 p.m., 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday. So kudos to Victory Brewing uh, for now being in the heart of Philadelphia. When we come back after a short break, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella, the co-creators of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows there. Alexa Ready as well. We're available on Odyssey.com as well as iHeartRadio and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network. Monday mornings, a couple minutes after the show ends, you can download and listen to the podcast version of this show uh, whenever you feel like it. Now, my next guests are the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, and the CMBA have announced their annual award series. Early bird entries have taken place uh, through October 29th, but listen... That's not to say that you can't get your entries in because it's extending until November, and we'll get into that uh, in just a moment. For more info, how you as a brewery can enter your beer, your tap handle, your social media account, all of those great things, just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. All the information is laid out there. Let me welcome back to the program Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella to the Craft Beer Cast. Jim, Jackie, how are you guys? Good morning, Al. Great to be back. Well, you guys have had a huge response to the awards. And as I mentioned, early bird entries have started through October 29th. But, Jim, that's not the end of when breweries can submit their entry. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. 
uh, you could actually get your entry in today, um, enjoy those savings, and then you don't have to wrap up your entry till the final deadline, which I think is January 14th. Okay, so that so as long as you're putting in a, an entry for whatever category that it is, as long as you get it in before January, uh, you're good to go. Absolutely. Excellent. Now, there are new categories for the awards this year, some new categories. Jackie, can you tell us uh, about what a few of them are? Sure, yeah. We actually took feedback from a bunch of uh, past entrants and uh, tweaked their categories a little bit this year, which is awesome. Um, you know, we've got collaboration marketing for all of those assets, even best entertainment venue, um, unique beer flight presentation. We've got different categories now for the uh, cans and bottles if you have a non-alcoholic beer. So there's a lot going on. Very cool. So now when you say entertainment uh, places, are you talking about the actual brewery itself or a, a place nearby that serves great craft beer? Yeah, no, spots inside a brewery. So a lot of them have built in stages, you know, outdoor areas have expanded. So there's awesome settings for live music, that kind of thing. Oh, that's very cool. We're talking about, yeah, because that's true. There are some places that do have like a dedicated stage. You know, it's funny in New Jersey where I live, you know, you can't do any of these things. It seems like New Jersey has this great brew scene, but they don't want you to have any fun whatsoever. So you kind of have to like do as you do as you can whereas in new york there's a few places where they have things set up for that and of course across the rest of the country it's like beer is this like religion where people go oh, yeah you can have whatever you want it's not a problem <laughs> we're talking with jim McCune and jackie DeBella, both co-founders of the craft beer marketing awards for more info on how to enter your beer art tap handle all these great categories just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com it's all listed there we're here on the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer so uh uh, Jim, let me ask you, are the awards difficult to judge when you're dealing with breweries around the globe, or is everyone pretty much on equal footing? Um, it, it definitely takes a lot of work, and that's why last year we had 320 judges, all experts in beer and branding and marketing and beyond, um, and they located all around the world, and they donate their time to visually critique um, the entries that we give them and this year, we're going to need more than 500 judges. Wow. Um, but the judging itself is fun. They um, log into our platform, and then they numerically rank each entry. And that's why we just remind everybody who enters, these are humans that are judging the work. They like what they like. So make sure when you fill out your entry, you really let them know, you know what you built. Yeah, and you know what's great about it is that you know you guys have been doing this before the pandemic, so you and and of course you're you're tapping into a vast resource of judges that are all over the world. So it's not as if you can all get together in one spot and start judging all of these mm -hmm. things. The process is much longer, so you have to do it online. So for you, guys, I don't want to say that it's it's easier for you, but you you already have had a hand in this, and it's it's a little bit um, less stressful than it would be if you had to put all these people in a room and try to judge these things, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about the uh, the air cost on that. <laughs> exactly. Now, Jackie, you and Jim have a new podcast uh, that is out. Is this an extension of the awards, or is it more about the marketing side of the beer business? You know, it is kind of both. Um, we talk about, you know, past winners and all that, but we also really dive into what people are doing. I mean, we just had somebody on who went really deep into their, you know, how they come up with their designs and all the intricate details um, involved and inspiration um, it's kind of just a just a marketing chat, yeah, with with industry experts. It's, it's been a cool ride. I think we're uh, seventeen or eighteen episodes in. Um, we've got some really good feedback. So yeah, marketing on top podcast. 
Marketing on Tap podcast, and where can you get anywhere you can get podcasts, iTunes, and all those places? Yep, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Yep, we're all over. Very cool. We're talking with Jim McCune and Jackie DiBella, both uh, co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how you can enter your beer art, your can, your social media, your entertainment space, any of those things, just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Early entries have, have ended. That was on October 29th, but you can get your entries in. Uh, by January, and let me tell you something, it's a lot of fun. I've seen the awards in a couple of different breweries. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. In fact, one that comes to mind, Twin Elephant Brewing over in Summit, New Jersey. I believe they won an award. I forget what it was, but they have the award prominently displayed, which is really cool. And, Jim, now that tap rooms are open for the most part, I'm guessing it's easier to judge some of the entries, especially if they're in your area, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I just... Jackie and I, when we launched the CBMAs, we went right into the pandemic, like you said. doesn't really affect our competition too much, but it affected it in very realistic ways where judges were sick, and we were able to get through that very well. And like you said, CBMAs continues to grow, and we just launched our third year. So uh, hopefully uh, it gets easier as uh, things out in the world get better. And, you know, and it is interesting. I mean, during COVID, everybody thought, you know, that, uh, that breweries were going to shut down. I mean, talking about it from a from a sales or a business standpoint, a lot of people thought that there was going to be this big bubble of breweries bursting because of the fact that everybody was shut down and tap rooms weren't open. But what's remarkable, and, and I'd love to get your opinion, uh, both of you, on this, um, you know, a lot of us in the industry were saying, you know, that that never really happened. The brewers were able to figure out how to, you know, combat the lockdown and figure out a way to get their product out there and market themselves in a way that, you know, some, for some of them, they had the best business they've ever had in 2020 when in years past they were struggling to make a buck or just breaking even. Uh, you guys agree, disagree? Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody, especially those passionate craft beer drinkers, um, you know, we were all waiting to find out how we could support our local breweries. And, um, you know, a lot of them came up with, I mean, they were building to-go windows and coming up with new packages with, you know, their food and beer combos to, to get things out there. And their retail sales had never been higher. So, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the 2020 word of pivot, um, we saw our brewers doing amazing things. And, and, you know, even coming up with, you know, kind of fun beer names that go along with everything. But they were also collabing to support, you know, first responders and, and do good during a really tough time for them. Yeah, it was amazing uh, how much money was being given back to a lot of areas that that needed the help, and that is is so important. Jackie, I'm going to ask you this one first, Jim second. Social media is so very important to breweries. In your opinion, Jackie, the what was the best social media use from last year from a brewery? Oh, just keeping everybody updated. I think the worst thing that a brewery could have done last year was go silent. Um, you know, the ones who were putting out what they were doing, how people could find their stuff, um, and as well as, you know, tweaked hours or outdoor options. Um, that communication method was key on social. And, Jim, your opinion? I think, you know, craft beer industry had a tough year. Uh, it's in a, in a form of new evolution where I think the business is growing exponentially and trying to do better. And the one thing I saw on social media this year was industry doing what it does and it interlocks arms and it gets over the problems that it needs to get together. And I think that part of it, uh, I really enjoy. And 
that's why I love the craft beer industry. It's an amazing, resilient uh, group of folks. And last question from me, uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you this first, and then Jackie, uh, you second. Um, moving forward post-COVID, and I know we're really not out of it, out of it completely yet, but there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're getting there. Um, what's the one marketing piece of advice that you, Jim, and then you, Jackie, would give to a brewery if they haven't really been embracing social media, they haven't really been doing things in a way that helps their business out? What's the one piece of advice that you would give them, Jim? I would say we have 8,000 active breweries in the U.S. now with 1,200 more coming. We have fierce competition in the industry. And if a brewery is not thinking about marketing, they really need to now. I think we're moving you know, into an age where uh, breweries really need to start looking at the things that they're doing to promote themselves. Um, and that mix could be social media or digital marketing, which includes emails and making sure their websites and SEO are all up to date, those types of activities. Right. And Jackie? Yeah, coming out of, you know, this, what we would like to call a post-COVID world, um, consumers are being very picky about where they're going, just, you know, environment or in general, and then where they're spending their money and who they're supporting. So if you have, you know, a, a message, a good cause, get that out there. If you have, you know, a wide open space and what you're doing to keep things clean, get that message out there. Um, consumers are definitely being picky. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition, like Jim just said, and you want to stand out, and, and marketing can help you with that. My guests have been Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella, both co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how to enter your beer, your artwork, your your space, anything that you do within the beer industry and you want to promote it and get that, try and get one of those awards there, go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Early entries uh, are done. They were done on October 29th. However, you can all you have to do is submit your information, get it in by January, and you will be in the running for uh, the Craft Beer Marketing Awards for this year's edition. Uh, we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jim and Jackie, thanks so much for joining me. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, Al. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You know, Kiss Dynasty. I was made for loving you back in 1979 when Kiss was on top of the world. You know, I, I, I look at Kiss, and I've said this before. I might not have said it on this show, but I've said it before. Kiss, to me, is that basic band. Kiss is that band that once you've seen them once in concert, you've pretty much um, seen it all. Um, you know, I saw them with the makeup, without the makeup. Um, it was a Halloween tradition, uh, to watch, uh, the Kiss movie, whose, the, the title escapes me at the moment, but it was one of those things where it was like the anthem. You had to watch, it was Kiss, it was the makeup, you know, everybody wanted to be Kiss as a kid. They had the Halloween costumes with the plastic, 
you know, outfit and the plastic mask that you sweated bullets, you know, trying to get candy on Halloween. So it was one of those things, right? But I always found Kiss to be a very basic band. Like, you know, they're okay, but, you know, technically, eh, you know, again, you see it once, you've seen it all. That's how I look at it. And I saw them a bunch of times. Um, and one of the funny things, I, you know, well, I won't get into it here. We had a, a great time at a concert in Albany when they played with the makeup um, where we were on the side of the stage, but it was cool because we were on Gene Simmons' side and we got to see him getting his makeup put on and touched up and, you know, they were loading up for the fire and all that stuff. That was kind of cool. And that brought me back to being, you know, an eight-year-old kid. But after that, eh, you know, they're okay. Anyway, I, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll hear it from somebody that uh, you know. That, uh, uh, how dare you? You know, listen. I give Paul and Gene a lot of credit with Kiss, and we'll get to Suds and Duds in just a second. I give Paul and Gene a lot of credit. Okay, um, they have turned Kiss into a billion-dollar organization with all the marketing, with all the you know the stuff that's out there, the Kiss Army, and you know all the collectibles and things of that nature. What they have done is amazing. Kudos to them. They took their brand, they ran with it, and they made money. Good for them. That's the American dream. That's what people, you know, that's what you can do in this country. That's the great thing about the United States of America. Good for them. As a fan, would I go see them again? No, I'm done. You know. When a band says they're going to retire, retire. Same thing with the Scorpions. They've been retiring for 10 years. Elton John is going to be retiring for another two because of COVID. You know, and I get it because of COVID, but enough's enough already. You should know when it's time to pack it in. Let's put it that way. Anyway, let us move on to Suds and Duds. Wither by Wild East. Solid Hell's Lager. I was there, uh, God, my God, it's been almost a month now uh, since I was there for their grand anniversary uh, celebration. What a fantastic Hell, Hell's Lager. Uh, excellent beer. I love what these guys do. Had a turbines and duos. Uh, strong chocolate deep. Really good. Uh, their Cascales are great. The Pilsners are fantastic. Everything that they do, they do, uh, grisettes, they do Saisons. The Saisons they make are out of this world. And Buddy Watson, the great Buddy Watson, who I comment about on the show, he made a crack uh, the other day when I was talking with him on the phone, and he made a crack to, oh, Saisons, like I'm drinking a Session Ale. Listen, Saisons are good stuff. you got to acquire a taste for them. You know what? They're delicious. Trust me. Crack one of those open one night. Sit by the fire, drink one of those, you'll be in good shape. Trust me. Wild East Brewing does some fantastic stuff. Love them. They're doing a lot of great beer. Have to get back over to the tap room uh, very soon. Apple Cider Donut Ale. This was something that Source had put out in conjunction with, I think it was Battleview Orchards uh, that they did the uh, collab with. And uh, slight sweetness. The spices are well-balanced. It is a delicious beer. We had that paired up with an apple cream cheese kind of dessert thing that they baked apples and had apples all over the, you know, from the farm. Fantastic beer. I, I, I doubt it is still on tap at source. Uh, I'm sure it is long, long since kicked. It is a delicious beer. It's one of those things that I hope they bring it out every season because that's a perfect fall beer. It is delicious. I was so glad I got a taste of it. I was so glad I got a full pour of it. Um, when I was at source in Fishtown, it is uh, just, a, just a tremendous beer, tremendous beer. A Kiwi by Lawson's Finest. Nice bite on this IPA that made it even better. Um, I'm starting to gravitate towards those, you know, give me a little little oomph in my IPA. 
because I've been trying to stay away from IPAs. I've been trying to stay away from a lot of the juicy stuff because your palate just gets tired of it after a while. And sometimes you want to shift back to, at least for me, I want to shift back to more basic beers. Plus, it's starting to get colder. I want to get back into the porters and the stouts and get into those those heavy beers that you kind of you pour one, you let it warm up, you drink it over a half hour, 45 minutes. It's not about how many you can have in one night. It's about enjoying good quality beer, a few of them, but, you know, a good quality beer. That's what you're looking to do. Uh, but I will tell you, some of the IPAs that I've had, uh, this one from Thin Man Brewing, uh, Fried Mozzarella Space Cowboy. Wow. Straight fire. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, could probably have three or four of them. Just a delicious beer. Then I went with the Brick Cities. We go in a Sizzler, uh, which is um, off uh, White Man Can't Jump, which is a fantastic movie with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. If you haven't watched it, I'm sure many of you have in this audience, but if you haven't, do yourself a favor. Rosie Perez steals the movie, but it is uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson are just tremendous in that movie. Uh, and there's a great line, um, we go in a Sizzler. Because they're playing, uh, you know, on the court, California, you know, hustling, trying to make money. Good stuff. Uh, this beer, though, dank, sticky, uh, everything that you want out of that out of that juicy IPA. Delicious beer. Great job by the guys uh, from Brick City, as usual. And then I had a chance to meet up with uh, Jan uh, from Jersey Cyclone. Um, and I didn't know who he was at first. Then he introduced himself, and now we're Facebook friends. I have to get Jen on the show. He's the owner of Jersey Cyclone Brewing. And I had one of his uh, beers that were on tap at Paragon. Uncharted Waters, a raspberry goza. A very nice, easy-drinking goes. Uh, just perfect. Uh, a little bit of that, you know, that berry. Give you a little bit of that, that salt. Uh, just a really nice, easy-drinking goes. And he's doing some good stuff. Um, in the beginning... Uh, their beer was okay. I- I'll be the first to admit it. It wasn't knockout, uh, but, you know, again, you have to give every brewery uh, a little bit of time. Their stuff right out of the box, 95% of the time, is not going to be perfect. There's some tweaking involved. When you're upscaling to a bigger batch of brew, you're going to have your issues. It's very, very rare that you find a brewery that hits it right out of the box. I think the only one that I can think of in recent memory that nailed it coming right out of the gate with Source. Uh, I became a fan of theirs right from the beginning. Their beers were spot on. Even Alternate Ending, that opened later. Their beers in the beginning, uh, okay, not great. Uh, I should say not great. Good, but not outstanding. They've hit their stride now. N- they're, they're pumping out fantastic beer. Have to get back there, too. The food there is fabulous as well. But um, Jersey Cyclone seems to be hitting that stretch now where they're pumping out consistently good, drinkable beer. And that's what you want. You know, that's why it amazes me that, and uh, full disclosure, and I don't care because I'm going to give you my opinion, that's why I don't understand why Yale Terrace in Cranford is still open. I get it. The guy owns the building or he, you know, whatever. He owns the pizza place next door. But his beer is consistently terrible. And he's been open for five years. Who's supporting this guy? Honestly. His beer's terrible, and he should know it. And if he listens to the show, and if he's listening right now, he's going to hear it. Your beer stinks. I wouldn't go back in there and try a beer. 
And I keep saying, maybe I will, maybe I will. It's been a couple of years. Let me try it. No, I don't want to ruin my palate. I'm sorry. Put out better beer. Bottom line, nobody has the guts to tell you. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, your beer is awful. There's a reason why nobody in the town wants to put your beer on tap, because it's not good. Nobody's clamoring for it. Figure out what the problem is and fix it. Bottom line. Sorry, maybe I'm a little surly. I I don't know. I'm just, I'm tired of people putting out bad beer. Don't put out bad beer. You want people coming into your place? Uh, your, your, Your place is seven minutes, eight minutes from my house. Would love to come in on a regular basis. Make better beer. Bottom line. Stone Hazy's IPA. Nice hazy with that stone hop in it. Fantastic. If you see this in the stores, 12 ounce cans, do yourself a favor, go and get it. Finally, Kraken Bats, Ross Brewing, a nice brown ale. It's good to watch a ball game with this one. This is a collab between them and Ship Bottom. Uh, think Cracker Jacks, uh, that all American snack that you have at a baseball game. That's this type of beer, Kraken Bats. It is delicious. Uh, kudos to John Cocosa. He got me a whole bunch of stuff uh, from the brewery. We'll be reviewing it over the next several weeks. I mean, he gave me way too much that I can drink. I had to dole some out to some friends. I hope you don't mind, John. But let me tell you something. This is a great beer. World Series is going on. You definitely want to, if you want something that reminds you of that All-American uh, pastime, this is the beer to have. Cracking Bats, if you can find it in the store down in Monmouth County uh, or elsewhere, do yourself a favor, pick it up. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella, the co-creators of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.